Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Whilst working at McDonald's on your 24-hour shift, it's eerily quiet. You spot two men, head to toes in black, behaving strangely. What's going through your mind? The dogs you love are caged in your yard, yet one seems to be out and about. But this dog is eerily elusive. A road you travel down hosts an apparition like nothing you could have imagined. And your loved one is no longer who he once was. Welcome, listeners, to a set of, well, listener stories to get your blood bubbling and your daily dose of chill brewing. Four stories as follows in tonight's episode, written by listeners just like yourself. We have McFrightened by Life Is Not Wasted On Us, Puppy by Felicia, Staring by Felicia, and Haunted Roadway by Jessica. So turn the lights off, the sound up, and get ready for something different. Jasmine and I met when we worked at Mickey D's in high school. It was like our own little slice of hell. Even worse, during the summers we'd work the third shift at a 24-hour McDonald's because it paid way more than any other shift. Most of the time it was a really easy shift. We'd get maybe three customers all drive through orders. Maybe at worst a drunk coming in and yelling. Well, one night it was Jasmine, my GM, and I and we hadn't had a customer for hours, so my GM decides he's going to take a nap with the door closed in the counting room. It was a walk-in closet with a vault, with the CCTV footage in it. And because McDonald's is evil, Mickey D's had no chairs. Now up front, you were supposed to have a second smaller vault to store hundreds in, but because this is a franchise, the owner decided not to have one set up at the front counter. There was a space where it could have gone though, what we'd figure out was it was exactly big enough for one of us to jam into and nap without being on camera or in view of customers. This part of the story is super important later on. Jasmine asks if she can nap under the counter for a bit and then I can have a go in an hour or so. I tell her sure if she won't tell anyone about me, sneakily smoking out of the drive through window. We arrange ourselves and all is quiet for maybe 30 minutes. Here's where it gets surreal. All of a sudden, I got this weird gut feeling, and a dark unmarked car, no plates, no brand signs, rolls to a stop in our deserted parking lot. I can't make out what type of car it's supposed to be, but it's driving without its headlights on. So I use my headset to radio the GM that, Hey, this car's super weird. He radios back that people in southern states rip the brand decals off all the time, and he's probably just drunk and didn't turn his headlights on. But the weird gut feeling won't go away, so I keep my eye on the car as I smoke. I watch as two men exit the car. One is tall and thin, the other is short and fat, both wearing identical black suits with white shirts and skinny black ties. I swear, my tummy tightened up and I heard my GM press the headset button to talk and take a breath and press off. Hey, I'm heading off. See you guys. The tall one is chain-smoking super strangely. One cigarette isn't even out yet, while he lights another one. The fat one seems to be having issues with the keys to the car. 
They both walk super slowly towards the entrance, and I can't take my eyes off them. I got this, you're in danger, feeling running through me, but for whatever reason, I chuck my SIG and head over to the register even though I really don't want to. They enter and the tall one keeps smoking, and I manage to tell him, you uh, can't smoke in here. This dude looks at me, and it felt like I wasn't even there, like he looked and saw right through me. But he put the cigarette out. The fat one shoves his way over to the register and grunts. And after a couple of grunts, I make out the word, coffee. coffee. I didn't even ask what size he wanted. My hair was on end, I didn't know why. And I honestly just wanted them to leave and never ever come back. I hand it to him and he asks for a lot of sugar. sugar. I hand him like 20 packets, just to get him to go away. He puts the sugar in his pocket, not in the coffee, and straight up knocks back a hot as hell coffee without blinking. He sets the empty cup down and turns to go. The whole time, the tall one's eyes have been stuck on me. The fat one looks around, grunts again and turns, super slow again, towards the door. Now I don't know why I said this, I definitely shouldn't have. But I bark out that, hey, that was $2.50. Fat man turns back around, slowly reaching into his pockets and shoved crumpled $20 bills like five of them onto the counter. Then he turns back around and finally starts walking. The tall guy keeps staring maybe for a minute more before he starts to make a move. And all of a sudden, Jasmine's foot shoots out from under the counter. She makes what I can describe as a squeak. The tall guy whips around the only fast movement he's ever made. And I don't know why, but I knew that if I looked down or indicated Jasmine was there at all, in any way, we were both dead. I've to this day been in many life-threatening situations, some from stupidity, some from chance, but I never ever felt that immediate death feeling ever again. He opened his mouth. He hasn't spoken once. And just as he speaks, a gaggling of drunks spill in. I've never ever been more thankful. Suddenly, there were too many people to do or say whatever he was going to do. So he turns and waddles like a penguin away. The drunks busy themselves and I don't tear my eyes away from the two men until I see the car hit the curb and disappear at incredible speed. Jasmine flew out from under the counter crying. She managed to tell me in the car just now, ten years later what she felt. From her spot under the counter, she watched the car pull in and the man come out, and since then, it had been like there was no air in the room. She was certain they were there for her. She had an intense need to scream and had shoved her hand over her mouth as I dealt with them. She started to shake, and when I turned him around for money, her leg cramped and shot out. She was certain I'd crack and look down, and they would hurt her or worse. She didn't know the men, and she said afterwards she couldn't sleep for weeks. After a long silence, I told her I thought I drifted off and dreamt it. She shook her head and told me she thinks... It was men in black. Anyway, that's my story. Brought to you by Life Is Not Wasted On Us. Fantastically creepy. 
and a Let's Not Meet version of Men in Black. Thanks for sharing. Puppy by Felicia I stepped on a brick and it snapped from underneath my foot. It rolled across my room and somehow ended up smacking both sides of my ankles. I was limping as I was still trying to get away. And to be clear, we have four dogs locked in cages at night because we don't trust them. I was inside getting a drink when I could have sworn I saw the shadow of a dog walking up and standing by my feet. None of my dogs are this big. I didn't think anything of it at first until my eyes opened wide as my brain hit a switch saying, what the fuck? All of my dogs are in bed, it's 2am. I tried to finish getting my drink but that's when it licked me. Just dragging its wet tongue up my leg. I'm 5'7", male and a decent build, but I would never hurt a dog in my life. I turn on the kitchen light quickly, just as I hear the patter of paws walking in my living room. And that's when I noticed I've hurt my ankle. Before I know it, I'm limping to my car. And again, another blur. A large flurry of things brushing across my feet. I gulp and look around seeing nothing but complete darkness. I get to the car but fumble my keys. A great time for my hands to be dumb. Something is growling from under my car, or behind me, I can't tell. I lunge for my keys, getting bit on the ankle by a very angry something. The pain is unbearable. As I'm being dragged towards this large dog-like thing, I pull out my phone and turn on my flashlight. There's nothing there. But bite marks are on my ankle, and claw marks in the dirt. I shake my head zoning in and out of reality as I pour my drink. What a wicked thought. I'm starting to feel so confused. I hear one of my dogs walk up to me and pant softly. I gulp and turn on the light, seeing a dog, half decayed, growling softly with drool hanging out of its mouth. My dog's cage is torn open, no longer holding any signs of life. I lunge for the door, twisting my ankle but instead I turn hard, breaking it as I trip. The creature is there in a heartbeat again, tearing through me with its teeth. The motion lights come on, as I flail trying to get away for help. I can't see anything. There's no lights. Nothing stopping it as it tears me limb from limb. I wake up in a cold sweat, panting softly. It's 10am, and I hear a patter of dog's feet on the floor. I jump up and see that all five of my dogs are out of their cages. Thank you so much for sharing this story, Felicia. It really captures that dreamlike state. Our next story is Haunted Roadway by Jessica. About nine years ago, I was around 16 at the time and had my license before my boyfriend. He would come over to my house to watch movies, hang out, or we'd grab a bite to eat. Of course, every night when it was time for him to go home, I'd drive him. Now, I've never been one to believe in the paranormal, or heaven and hell for that fact. While I love, and I mean love, horror thriller movies, I knew they were exactly that. Movies. One night I was driving him home, from watching movies and whatnot. We lived in a rural, small town area, so there were lots of back roads with fields and trees. I had turned down a road where the trees developed a cove-like feeling. 
both sides with nothing but forest where the limbs in many spots would hang over the road like a canopy. As you can imagine, there wasn't much room for moonlight to peek through. It was a normal drive, nothing out of the ordinary. We had the radio on, singing along to whatever was playing when suddenly, a white, faded figure walked, or floated, in front of the headlights. While I wasn't sure what it was, it was human-like in shape, and I clearly ran over the form. I immediately slammed on the brakes and looked at my boyfriend. Had I really seen that? I thought to myself. Was it even real? The look in his eyes gave me my answer. Our breath was quick, hearts racing, and I personally felt a cold chill run up my spine. Swallowing hard, I straightened up in the seat and looked out my rearview mirror. Nothing. The only thing in the crimson red lighting of my brakes was the road behind us. Shaking my head, we both then chalked it up to being fog. Though, let's be real here. There was no fog that night. Fast forward a few days later, the incident merely a speck of nothing in the back of our minds. It came the time for me to take him back home again. Now, I did think of the other night while taking him home. An alternate route would have added an extra 15 minutes of driving. And we both had school in the morning. I made the decision to once again turn down that road. Driving slower this time, I kept my eyes peeled. Silence filled the car as we both scanned ahead of us. Not even five minutes into this road and there it was. I slammed on the brakes yet again and stopped about ten feet from it this time. My heart sank to the pit of my stomach along with all the colour draining from my face. It was here. Clearer this time, more formed. A white silhouette of a man stood in front of us, surrounded by mist. My boyfriend kept telling me to back up, turn the car around, but I couldn't. I couldn't move. What felt like an eternity but was probably more like a few moments passing, the man moved. Inhaling sharply, my mouth gapes open. <gasps> he looked directly at us. I'll never forget his face. Hollow eyes. His head lay crooked, as if he was curious as to what disturbed his walk. He simply stared for a moment before straightening up and letting out a belting, blood-curdling scream. His mouth was so wide, it's as if he unhinged his jaw, like his mouth was a black hole, ready to suck you into agony, as he was feeling. Jumping nearly out of our skin, it jolts me back to reality. Right as I put the car in reverse, the man takes off running towards us, screaming loud enough to feel our entire core. I honestly thought we were going to die. Thankfully, I spun a 180 turn and belted off the road. The car was silent all the way to his house, his voice shaken, as he begged me not to go back through that road and to let him know when I got home safely, which I did, thankfully. Once home, I decided to do some research because, who am I kidding? Sleep wasn't going to happen. I ended up finding an old news article from 10 years prior. A man in his early 20s had been found on that road a victim of a horrifying murder. He was found by an early morning bus driver, his body drained of its blood, his eyes ripped from their sockets, and his jaw dangling from his face. Goodness, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing this story.
If you have any other true paranormal stories or experiences that you had in your town, feel free to send them my way. Thanks again. Our last story is by Felicia, titled Staring. It's staring at me. A grotesque morphed figure staring at me through my window. The screen and plastic covering it, blurring the monster's vision of me. Well, hoping it did. Thinking it couldn't see much of me through the blurriness of the plastic. It gurgled. I watched, frozen in place, as a dark red substance leaked out of its mouth. I gulped at its grotesque visage, and hear myself let out a shaky breath. That's when I know it heard me. Its head snaps up and makes eye contact with me through the plastic window cover, before savagely ramming its face against it. Slam, slam. I yelp as the window cracks. The monster continues smashing itself against the window. It's cracking and breaking more and more with every hit. I look around my small trailer. My boyfriend should be home soon. Why isn't he home? Unless... My thoughts are interrupted by the monster's gurgling and growling, ever growing louder as he breaks through the window completely. Now, the plastic is the only barrier in the way of him getting inside and reaching me. I scramble further away from the window and to our knife collection. I grab a large dagger with a wooden handle. I've never used a knife against a person. Needless to say, something that looked like a person. I can see my hands shaking as the thing wastes no time getting through the plastic. I freeze, the knife falling from my grasp. As I realize, this thing breaking into our home is the person I share this home with. I stare at him for a few seconds, and he stares back. No longer the person I knew and loved, not even remotely who he once was. All I see in his bloodshot eyes is hunger. Those eyes just glaring at me with primal desire. I notice a bite on his neck with a piece of flesh hanging charcoal black. His skin was yellow looking. The clothes he had put on after his shower this morning now torn and covered in blood. The darker substance still leaking, oozing out of his mouth. It was then, during my terrified moments of observation, that he growls and lunges at me. It was all a blur. I didn't realize that I'd grabbed another knife. The sound of that blade going through his skull was deafening. He gasps for air as I whisper sweet things to him. My sorrow, my regret, my heart-wrenching devastation. Holding him in our final embrace, I tell him I love him and that there was no other way. All whilst crying. Limp in my arms, knowing he's dead. Yet unable to stop myself from crying tears of disbelief. And I realize that he was dead well before. Just an illusion of him. A husk. An echo of who I loved. What I killed was not my love at all, but that didn't make it any easier. I move him slowly before seeing blood going down my leg, starting at my knee. Blood <laughs> doesn't seem to bother me anymore. I stare at his lifeless body 
for what felt like hours. I couldn't remember much about anything. I got up and walked outside, but all I could think about was how hungry I was. I stumbled my way through the neighborhood until I noticed a flickering light behind a window. I amble wearily up to this light, overcome with curiosity. I look around for an entrance, but I'm so damn hungry that all I could do was stare inside. I try to say something, but all that comes out is a gurgle. It sounds so familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. What's this dark red substance on my lips? Oh, thinking right now is really tough. Hey, I see someone looking back at me. I stare at them through the window, watching the flickering lights getting hungrier and hungrier. <sighs> I'm so hungry. Yet another great story. Thank you so much for sending this through as well, Felicia. You and all the other listeners on this episode just have a talent for writing. I really hope none of you stop. It's a joy to read these stories. And I'm not even surprised at how talented my listeners are. Seriously, the quality of work that comes through is just astounding. And I'm already looking forward to the next set of listener stories. And if you have stories of your own to send, feel free to email me at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com, where you can say hello, share with me your thoughts on the stories you've listened to, and of course, submit your own. They don't have to be scary. I've been asked this before via email, and it's a valid question. They don't have to be horror, they can be encounters, bad experiences, or tales that just get under your skin in other ways. If you have a story to share, send it my way. And of course, I'm open to a lot of ideas for research and folklore. So I've been getting lots of requests, and believe me, I've been shortlisting them. If you have a favorite, let me know, because I'd love to hear it. So have a fantastic weekend, my ghouls and ghasts. <laughs> and join me next week for something unique. Be safe, stay creepy, and as always, till next time.